great, great podcast today. You don't want to miss a second of it. We start again with the Great Reset and what's happening in Washington, including the DHS alert for domestic terror. We haven't had one of those since we since we took out Soleimani. Now they won't say what it's for. We talk about that. A lot of time spent on the ins and outs of GameStop, what's really going on, and how this is really not good for people who already feel disenfranchised. You don't want to miss a second of today's show. All happening right here, right now. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So, jeez, uh, where do we even where do we even start today? Um, uh, American uh, Airlines, meaning the airlines of America, are now banning people flying with locked firearms uh, in uh, into the Baltimore, Washington area. Uh, I know that American Airlines. I flew Delta uh, just recently. And, you know, I took my gun apart, you know, told them that it was in the luggage. It was locked. It was in a case. There were no there's no ammunition. It's what the, you know, Department of Homeland Security insists on. So fine. I follow the rules, put it in. Usually you just get a tag and uh, then, you know, Department of Homeland Security or it goes through it, goes through it and you get a little note. OK, great. Great. I got it. Mm hmm. That's the usual process. That's the process I got on Delta. When I flew back, I flew on American Airlines. Oh, Mm. well, this is a different process. Now American, and this was new, uh, at least to me, now American uh, has a new new thing because they just want to make sure that your gun's not lost. Well, whose fault would that be? I've handed it Mm -hmm. to you. It'd be your fault. So it has to go through all the way through the screening process downstairs in the bowels of the airport and head on its way to the airline before you can go through security yourself. So you sit there for, I sat there for 45 minutes waiting before I could even get in line for security. And uh, why? I personally believe. What good does that do? It makes it such a hassle. You don't want to do it. That you're yeah. not going to do it. That's exactly okay? right. That's what's coming our way. Is they're mm-hmm. just going to keep making things more expensive, mm-hmm. more difficult, mm-hmm. a bigger hassle. It's choice structure. It's Cass Sunstein and his choice structure. You got a choice. You can carry it, mm-hmm. but you're not going to want to. Right. You're not going to want to. I'm going to nudge you a little bit. Yeah. So just that you a, don't. Yeah, just a just a little bit, just a little bit. Stu, uh, Pat, what is the uh, what is the thing that uh, you saw today that you thought I have got to get this point across? Uh, wow, well, there were there were s- several. Yeah. Um, I I love the uh, Department of Homeland Security's new uh, situation with the the t- domestic terror threat that yeah. only involves people on the right, of course. Well, um, no, no, they didn't say that. No, no, no they, they didn't, didn't say, say that. that just but people that's with what it, problems with in immigration. Okay, <laughs> problems yes. with the election. Right. Uh, problems with uh, <laughs> the the system. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe problems with the uh, the COVID. You know, yes. orders. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, this is all based on the fact that they have no specific actionable information. None. 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 Otherwise, what would happen? Right. They would raise the threat level. So they've got no actual actionable 
threat involved here, yet they just want to throw out that, hey, everybody on the right is a problem now and a, a potential domestic terrorist. I think it's it's absolutely despicable what they're doing. Did you hear the did you hear about the guy in Florida that the Justice Department uh, had Homeland Security uh, arrest yesterday? Man in Florida was arrested for, quote, depriving individuals of their constitutional right to vote. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. he showed up at a polling place with an AR and a chainsaw. So, I mean, I mm. think the dude no, should be arrested. That's not what happened. That's, that's not what happened? <laughs> no. That's, he didn't? Just an AR? No. He did nothing like either of those things. Oh, that's what right. He had a suitcase nuke. No. Oh, what did no. he? Oh. oh, he probably went with like the White Panthers and just no. intimidated people? No, didn't do that at really? all. What, no. what did There's he... a story that's similar to that. I should tell you sometime. But, yeah. What? Uh, no, that's not what, what happened. What did he do? Uh, he made some memes. He what? He made some memes. <laughs> you mean little picture jokes? Like little picture jokes on the yeah. internet. Yeah, made on the, the internet. Well, that's where I see memes. What 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 were the memes? I don't know all the memes. I know that the guy, you know, wasn't exactly someone you'd maybe want to invite over uh, for a, a wonderful well, dinner with I, your family. May I say, out of uh, the 350 but, million Americans, mm-hmm. there's about 349 million. I'm pretty sure I probably wouldn't want to invite over to my house. That's about right. right. Yeah, okay. Maybe a little higher. Yeah, maybe a sure. little higher than that. But I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm being generous. Right. There. Yeah. Uh, but the idea that he committed a crime mm. by making memes yeah. seems mm. like uh, that's well, is a, there's a free speech issue there. No, no. Because no, there's no, a law no. that says you can't those stop memes, people from voting. Those memes told people <clears throat> to vote by text message, mm. which you can't do, and so a lot of people believed that apparently no now no no no. nobody they've, believed it no they no one believed they've been the investigating this for four years mm-hmm. this is this isn't something that happened in the last election no, it's 2016 2016 why did they suddenly just did they suddenly have a case why did they i'm gonna guess it has something to do with the new administration i'm just gonna throw that out there as a possibility you know these files are kind of sticking around and everyone was like this is dumb should we really do anything with this no is this a warning shot this coupled with the tsa yesterday or not tsa but the dhs memos describing domestic terrorists and then this guy for a meme getting arrested uh what, what message are we supposed to take from that don't do memes. <laughs> do never <laughs> meme. I've never meme. Told, I've told my son, mm-hmm. don't you? He sent me a meme uh, that he made the other day. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't. And he, dad, it's harmless. No, it's not. Nothing is harmless anymore. Don't. Mm-hmm. No memes. Nothing. I'm going to cut all of your fingers off because then you can't type anything. <laughs> Stop it. I might create a, a, a minor legal issue for you uh, if you were Whoa. to do something like that. <laughs> Just, uh... It was a lawnmower accident, Your Honor. I <laughs> swear to you. And they'll, they'll say, no way this kid was ever mowing your lawn. <laughs> uh, but no memes, no tweets. Nothing. No social media. It would be a really, really good safety tip for all kids. For all people. For all people. All yeah. people. Everybody. Yeah. Well, we, you know what it would Everybody. be? It would be a nation of Pat Grays. Yes. And that would be a good nation. That would be a good nation, It would nation, be a good right? freaking nation. Right? We'd have no Thank social you. media and lots of great cookies. Thank That's you. That's a good freaking nation right there. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I can't live without it. I can't without, live without it. Without oh, the memes can. and the tweets. You I can't. Can. Yeah, I can't. So yes, you can. You can. You can. You can. You can. You can. And it's really yeah. easy, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
really easy. Because you, I would say my excuse is, you know, I got to do it for work. You somehow don't I do don't it even for do work it. No, and you still right. survive, which is amazing. <laughs> that's right. Yep. I envy you so. Yep. I just, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's not what people make it out to be. Can we, can it's we. It's not that important. Can we talk about another freedom of speech issue that I think is freedom of speech? Uh, and that is the GameStop thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. That's pretty amazing. So GameStop uh, is a company. It's a brick and mortar gaming store. Okay. You got to go. They most sell of video them, games. Right. And most of mm-hmm. them are in the mall. Okay. Yeah. I know. I've gone to some of them with my son. All right. So. Oh, I have a nine-year-old, so I'm there 14 times a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there is a business there, but a Mm -hmm. brick and mortar business, I don't know. Well, the market, the hedge funds decided that there's no business there. And so they started shorting, uh, betting against GameStop, if you will. That's what shorting means on in Wall Street, betting against it, saying that the stock is going to go lower and lower. Well, somebody on Reddit realized uh the hedge funds have just sold 136 percent of the stock there's no way there's no way these guys can win how i mean yeah how do you sell more than all of the stock correct Mm -hmm. you can't you can't so they decided uh somebody said i'm gonna buy it i'm buying fifty thousand dollars of it and uh everybody else and it's on reddit it was an open forum everybody else should buy it too well, I think he decided to buy a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of it. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It started, I think, with 50. Okay. Uh, but he may have bought a lot more. I mean, he was he buying did. it. He kept He kept buying it. He bought a ton of it. It's yeah. not Chamath, is it? Yes. Is that who did it? Mm-hmm. He was not the originator of he, this theory. He might not be the originator, but yeah. he wound up buying hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars right. worth of He's given stock. it away to charity now, which I think he is made, kind of a he cover made $500,000. Yeah. I can't tell you the name of the actual um, originator because uh, the word F, the F word is in the middle of the name. Okay. okay. So I <laughs> all right. So all these guys were doing really is what hedge fund managers do over lunch. Right. Okay. Right. And in secret meetings. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, they call and, them idea dinners. Right. So you you ran uh, GameStop up, which is costing these hedge funds, what, billions or a billion dollars? Is it over $1 billion? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's I think uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it is more than it, that. It's, it's going to take down a couple of these hedge funds. I'm telling you right now, I think this is the Bubba effect. It is. Yeah. This is yeah, people is. who said... You, you know, these these guys who are on Reddit, they're probably in their 20s. They probably mm-hmm. grew up at 2008. They saw their parents get screwed. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Then what happened? They didn't get a bailout. Then the Wall Street guys get rich, even though they were the ones that over leveraged everything. The Main Street gets screwed. Then what happens? Now they're in their 20s. Maybe their parents survived last time. But if they have a small business... Now they're getting screwed by the government again, and the government's going to bail them out. Yeah. I think this is just the chickens coming home to roost. I think these guys saw a a, a legal way to uh, make some money Mm -hmm. and screw the hedge funds at the same time. And what's happening? They're silencing them. They're going to come out. You don't lose a billion dollars and be that connected and uh, don't have the your friends in Washington come after, which is going to make the situation worse. Meanwhile, GameStop stock went from about fifteen bucks to over three hundred. I yeah. have to tell you, I hope <laughs> that they have a way. Say. 
I hope that they've had a way to pull some of that money off of the table um, because they were they've been struggling. But if they can mm-hmm. if they can reinvent themselves using this money, that is that's a blessing for them. It's a good mm-hmm. Texas company and good Texas people. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they're located very close to our studios. Um, and and they're armed. So please. No. Help not, us. They're not armed. Oh, they're not? Uh, no. Oh, but I thought they were some of those extremists. They're in Texas. They must be. Yeah, they're extremists right? if they're a Texas company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, it's up now to 385 That's 385 crazy. Uh, crazy. I mean, it was $4 a share last year. And the Four. reason why these guys in the hedge funds can't wow. get out is they, they can't. Well, you have 140%. Um, they're, they're, they have to keep buying the spread. If they said it was going to go down to $2, they have to keep buying <laughs> Every single Ooh, stock, good. if you will. And now mm-hmm. they're borrowing all of this money to do it. And I can't even imagine. I mean, they think they certainly think in in the uh, the forum and uh, the subreddit Wall Street Bets, they think it's going to at least 2000. I mean, oh, I don't know my gosh. Sure. No really? way. I, no I, way. I have no idea. I mean, I'm not getting involved in it. No. Wow. <laughs> no. But I mean, I, they I, can't I, even oh. do anything with it now. They're right. saying that uh, places, mm. sites like Robinhood and, and several of the other trading can't apps, on. they're not even letting you trade the stock anymore. You can yeah. sell it, but you can't buy it. Jeez. Now, 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 I think people are really pissed off and they're saying, they wait should. a minute. How do these lawmakers who are doing this, these lawmakers yeah. go in with insider trading and become millionaires? And you're not going to let. You're not going to let Main Street do legal stuff and out in the open say, hey, I think we should all buy this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think that is really wrong. Pat, thank you so much. Uh, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, the podcast that you can hear on Blaze TV or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Dave Rubin, Blaze TV host, The Rubin Report, wildly popular. Author, don't burn this book. Many people haven't. Some have. (laughs) Uh, And uh, welcome to the program, Dave. How are you? Glenn, it's good to be with you. You know, in your promo there for me a minute ago, I realized that coming to a free state when you leave California... Mm -hmm. The way you talk about me, the way you look at me is as if I've escaped some sort of zombie apocalypse. And it's actually not that far from the truth. I pretty much have well, escaped I, I, I said the, that. the gates of hell. I said that because the last time you were here, we went out to dinner and you were you like walked in. The, it. <laughs> yeah, you walked into the restaurant like, I think, are we getting away with this? Are the police coming? You said you. you all these people are having, and, and I didn't even think anything. Of yeah, it. you said, you were there before me. You were sitting at the table already. Yeah. You were you were doing a little reading. Looked very happy. Yeah, you know, had and your he, water. You were good. I got in there. I, I I mean, I couldn't believe it. It it because that's how quickly they can change the world on you. That that's what I'm really focused on right now. How quickly they can change the world. In that one year ago, right now, we had you know there were a few people talking a little bit about oh, there's this thing in China, this COVID thing in China. Yeah, something's yeah, yeah. going on. But basically, 10 months ago is when this all started. And think how drastically different the world is the entire in 10 world. months. The entire yeah. world. Everything from our entire economic system to the way we literally leave our house or don't leave our house, the way we communicate with each other, the way that big tech, which was already remarkably powerful, the way that it's become more powerful because it's becoming basically the only way we can communicate with each other. 
that rapid thing that has happened to us in less than a year, I'm completely fascinated by it because it's like, man, if you think, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, 2020 is over. It's, we're resetting now. It's you know, not the great reset, although mm-hmm. that's coming too. But a lot of people are like, oh, 2021, it'll settle in now. No. We got by it and everything will be back to normal. And it's like, man. So I want to ask you about two things. Um, I want to ask you about what your liberal friends are saying about Biden now in California. But at first, let's before we leave COVID, um, Gavin Newsom, all of a sudden he found Jesus and he was like, (laughs) we've all been healed and uh, is is opened outdoor dining. Yeah. And next week, maybe some additional openings. Um, what, what was the, what was the religion he found? It's an abject load of BS. This guy is the worst. When you think about what the worst sort of elitist politician who Uh wants to live one way and have their, their minions live another way, Mm -hmm. it is, he is the poster boy. You know what I mean? He's the, you know, you know, the whole French laundry story. I mean, 22 people went out to dinner, not social distancing, no masks, $15,000 in alcohol. I know you don't drink, Glenn. Holy cow, that's, that's a lot of alcohol. And I listen, you know I like wine, but <laughs> yeah. that's $15,000 for 22 people, okay? So that's about 750 bucks in alcohol per person, not even the meal, okay. Wow. Look, look, it's just obvious what this guy has done, which is that this thing was political. These lockdowns were political. They wanted to take out Trump. If the lockdowns made any sense, then the numbers in Florida and Texas would be exponentially higher Mm -hmm. than in places like New York and California. Mm -hmm. And the simple truth is not only are they not, in many cases, they're Mm -hmm. actually less. It's just, it's just that simple. Like if you told me lockdowns work, all right, well, let's look at it. We got a lockdown place. We got an open place. It's as simple as that. And I've been to, I'm here in Texas and I've been to Florida and guess what? A lot of happy people. You can see people smiling and going out and business as usual. It's a, it's a, it's, well, it's not business as usual To, to, to us. Yeah. What's happening in Texas is draconian. Yeah. I mean, we don't like what's happening right. so in not, Texas. Of course, yeah, not but, business as usual in that sense. I'm yeah, at the hotel now yeah. and I still have to wear a mask and, and yeah. that sort of thing. But relative. Relative to you and where you're living. So is this is this because the election is over or is this because the recall Gavin uh, movement is actually probably going to happen. I I think it's both. It's one is they got the result they wanted. So the people that are all about unity now and everything else is like, well, we got what we want. So it's time to heal and and unify, which of course we know if they didn't get what they want, you think they'd be talking about unity and healing. Mm -hmm. And if we suddenly were like, Mm -hmm. okay, unity and healing, they'd be saying, wait a minute, the white supremacists are in charge of everything. So, so that's one level of it. I think the other level is that he's really worried. I mean, I think from what I understand, they have about 1.3 of the 1.5 million signatures they want uh, 1.8 they want 1.8 because they know there'll be all oh, sorts yeah. of games played and as i was telling you during the break you know you have to sign its hand signatures so you can't do it online so they also keep you locked in your house so it's harder to even find a place where you can go and sign the thing it's amazing they've got that this far in the middle of the shutdown i mean it's yeah. incredible that there's this close with already. all of the rules too with I mean, the rules. They, yeah. everybody could vote they just send ballots out that's fine yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> right. to recall one of these cretins yeah. right you can't do that it's <laughs> strange they don't do the recalls yeah, by ballot i do think he will get recalled and and what i would pray for is that somebody sane maybe a rick grinnell who who you know is from socal mm-hmm. and was in the trump administration and was our ambassador to germany and, he, and he's a great he's, guy he's a really great guy. and a fighter because mm-hmm. you're going to need it's not just that you need someone to come in and be a little saner than newsom the machine, when people talk about the swamp and the D.C. machine and all yeah, that, yeah. the California machine is like, I oh, mean, yeah. this is a one party state of the 
extreme level. So, we, well, it's not just you recall him and then suddenly so, things get better. So what are your liberal friends? I mean, because they've got kids, too. They've got to be seeing the deterioration of their kids <sighs> over a year. Is anybody talking about like these labor unions for, for schools? What, what the hell are you doing? They don't want to go back to school. Right. And now Biden's telling them right. not to go back to school. I mean, it's actually crazy. Again, it was 10 months ago, almost a year ago, two weeks to flatten the curve. Yesterday, Biden's telling us about a 100-day federal mask mandate. What? But this is what I mean. Things are changing so quickly that we're forgetting what last week was like. Mm-hmm. The Internet has done something to our brains. And Twitter and the endless news feed and the, the whole mm-hmm. thing that we talk about mm-hmm. all the time is doing something so that things happen so fast that, you know, when George Orwell wrote about, the, you know, things getting put into the memory hole, Trump will be memory hold. Oh, yeah. All of the all of the things that have happened over the years that don't fit the narrative will be memory hold. We forget. So suddenly you're like, oh, well, why not? A hundred more days of masks and a hundred right. more days of this. And OK. And then guess what? In a hundred days, they'll say, oh, you know, we just now the UK strain actually morphed with the Brazilian strain. Right. And I'm sorry, but you're going to have to live underground for right. three years and people <laughs> will go, OK. I mean, I had a, I was I don't think so. You know, the, the people in where is it? We're Sweden not going underground. Or, that would be nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're revolting. Now, yeah, they're finally. revolting. Yeah. Sweden, the Swedes. I know. I mean, they don't do that. No. And if the Swedes are starting to stand up against their government, uh, you've got something going on in the world. Something yeah. big going on. You know, I was in Sweden a couple of years ago and I was on tour with Jordan Peterson. And one of the things in have you been to Sweden? Yeah, I love yeah. it. I mean, one of the things that's remarkable about Sweden is, especially you're in the Stockholm area, it's it's so clean. Uh-huh. Every, everyone looks yep. perfect. They all look yeah. like they walked out of a magazine. Everyone looks like they just bought their clothes yeah. that morning. So yeah. these are people, to your point, that are kind of satisfied with life. Yeah. So they the idea it. that you've got the people of Sweden now, and we're yeah. seeing this through a couple of the Nordic countries. I think it's mm-hmm. happening in Denmark, too. Mm-hmm. They, that you have these people now revolting. How far can you push people? And it's and we're being pushed in every way. I heard you guys talking about the GameStop thing. Everyone, so the average person that's now getting in the game is now being told they can't get in the game. Correct. And you're locked in your house. Correct. And big tech might take you out. This this Man. The Great Reset yesterday, we were talking about uh, how they say that you're going to have skin in the game because it's stakeholder yeah. capitalism, okay? And- when you dig into it and you're like, okay, they say, you're going to be a part of it. You're going to get the benefits of it. And finally, you'll get the benefits. How do you get the benefits? I'm not at the table. I'm not, I'm not even in Davos. I, I, you won't even really show me everything that's going on. And you're certainly not asking me for my opinion. Uh, well, they say because your representative government is is in place of you. Glenn, you know when somebody, when somebody tells you how good of a friend they are all the time? Yeah that pretty much means they're not a good friend. (laughs) That's pretty much what these people are doing when they're always, we're looking out for you. I know you're not going to own anything, but you'll be taken care of. We're going to give you universal basic income. We're going to make your life better. No, it's so fundamentally the opposite of what, what anyone liberty minded should think, which is just that give, just give me a chance to live and get out of my way. That that's all I ask for. That is all I ask for. I think that's that's what most of your listeners want in life is just the opportunity. It, it's the it. American dream. Give me a chance to play yeah. in the game. And now we, the system is saying no. We back in in uh, FDR's day, they perverted the American dream and they made it a chicken in every pot and a right. car in every garage. That's not the American dream. No. The American dream was. Just leave me alone so I can make my own way. This was the only place in the world you could do it. 
And now we are worse than some countries over in Europe. It is harder to do things here in America. We've lost a lot of our liberty. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, I I want to play this audio from a parent in Virginia who has been going to his school board over and over and over again, calmly saying, stop it. We have to have a plan to open the schools. Here's what happened this week, and it just went viral. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the, than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash, risk their lives every day, more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium. Because you know what? There are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. Now, as he was walking out, one of the school board members, and I, I want to quote this, uh, one of the school board members uh, said, please wipe this down the podium, wipe it down ahead of time. We don't want anything to infect us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. These people are out of control. We have that dad on the phone now. His name is Brandon Amishan. He is originally from New York. They just moved out of New York to come down to Virginia, and uh, he finds himself uh, in this situation. Brandon, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I actually grew up in Loudoun County and you know, spent a lot of my professional career in New York before coming back because of COVID. So um, I am you know, a local here in heart. So, so Brandon, um, I noticed that you were, you were calm and then you got to the garbage, <laughs> the garbage people that are picking up your trash and you just, you just exploded. Did something happen that you saw like they weren't listening to you or not watching you or, uh, or did you just, was this just all pent up because of the number of times you've said this to them? Yeah, I think it's a few things, right? I don't really think this is a political a party issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's a ma- right. I don't really care if you're red, blue, green, or orange. It's about the children. And I have to give a shout out to my wife and mother and the many others who've actually been involved with getting schools open longer than I have. I think, as you said early on, yeah, yeah I, we've went numerous times and tried many different tactics, jingles, rhymes, you know, mm. pleading to open schools. But after, and you didn't see it in, in my video, but my five-year-old daughter and eight-year-old son spoke before us. And, wow. you know, I just had had enough. And, and, you know, what I decided was I'd try a more stern tactic, which, you know, is obviously resonating. But I just wanted them to pay attention because I didn't feel like they were paying attention. Um, I, I, I mean, I saw the video. I don't know if they were looking at you, but I, I've, I've seen this kind of video over and over again. 
these people sit behind the dais and and they just are disconnected from it that you speak and they're like your time is up and then you have to leave and it, it just there seems to be and I, I know this isn't true but it seems to be that there's really no compassion and 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 no science involved in this did you feel that way do you feel that way well, yeah. I mean, I think what got me fired up was my son, my eight-year-old son, you know, who's never really spoken publicly. You know, he spoke on, on the virtual um, stuff before, but this first time in person, he, you know, he was, you know, he was shaking a little bit. He, he was upset after we left because he said, I felt like I was being judged. And, mm. you know, it, it's hard because these are our educators and our mentors and the people who are supposed to be examples for our kids. And I've been numerous times and not once have I heard the school board say thank you to these children who are, look, there's adults who, who can't even stand up in front of people with confidence right. and, these ch- and just say, hey, thank you for your time, sir, or thank you, ma'am, and, and let them know that you don't have to agree with them, but let them know that you're doing something that it, it is, you know, it is intimidating and scary. And after months of doing this, I just, you know, kind of just triggered something. It's interesting because uh, the um, I don't know if you remember the um, Norman Rockwell paintings of the four freedoms, but one is a guy standing up and it's the freedom of speech. And you, are you familiar with this painting by Norman Rockwell? Yes. Yes, I believe so. Um, he's standing up to a school board and in his pocket, it has the school board agenda in his pocket. So it's clearly him standing up and saying, look, we need some changes in our school. Uh, it, there's nothing more American. And, and yet, uh, I, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, because as we were talking before you came on, the science is really clear. There aren't any scientists that are saying keep the kids home. Um, there, there, there's no science that shows that the kids or anybody re- is in real danger at school. And the science also is on the side by keeping our kids out of school. We're doing significant damage to our kids. Why are they not doing anything? Look, uh, first and foremost, I think the vast majority of teachers, you know, want to be back in school. I mean, they're, they're in just as tough a situation. My daughter's kindergarten teacher, they're not supposed to be college online professors. So I think they're frustrated as well. I think the CDC came out with guidelines recently that are that have shown or and this is the people who are the professionals within, you know, disease control saying mm-hmm. that there are mitigating factors that you can do and, and the spread of this virus, albeit it's a horrible thing. I don't discount that the spread of this virus can be mitigated through certain, you know, certain steps. And I think it's like a 12 or maybe it's more than that, 12 steps that have shown to be effective. And I just think all throughout the country, there are parents, and, and I say this because, you know, I've been given a little bit of a voice as a conduit, if you want to call it, but I'm just a dad who cares about my kids. And there's fathers and mothers and caretakers all throughout mm-hmm. the U.S. and world who care about that. And I think, you know, parents are speaking out and, and they just want to, they want to see solutions. And if anything, they just want to see a plan and they want to see that plan attempted to be executed and not the goalpost moved. So can you, you said, you know, there's a line of people out there. Um, a, why were they not in the committee room? Uh, and, and was it a line of parents that had the same kind of viewpoint that you did? And has there been any movement? Well, 
Yeah, well, the, because of the guidelines, they only have the the podium, and it, you know, it's I don't know thirty feet away. It's a massive room. I think in a normal environment, that room's filled with chairs, and people can go in and speak. Um, they have you waiting out in the hall, you know, socially distanced. And I'm out there with my, my two-year-old, my five-year-old, my eight-year-old and my wife. And there's other families with kids that, the, the, you know, it's not getting attention as much, but there was a father with a special needs son yeah. who, who spoke a, a minute or two before us. And he yeah. signed up for both of them and he wasn't given the time to speak for his son, who is a non-audible, you know, special needs student. Well, you know, look, if you're, if you're not willing to listen to your constituents, that was my point, right? Like, I personally am not running for office. This is just a father who cares. And there's other people who are out there who care as well. But if you're running for office, do something. And if you don't want to do something, there are people who will step up and do it. Leadership is hard. It's not easy. It's not fun sometimes. But leadership is what built this great nation. Um, and I think that you know, if you don't want to, if you're not up for the task, then let someone else do it because people always forget there is someone who will step up. Uh, let me uh, let me play that other father that uh, you were just talking about. Here's the audio. He has trouble standing still for 30 seconds for speaking in front of you. How can you expect him to sit in front of a computer every day, every hour, focus and get an education? That's impossible. Impossible for him and impossible for over 11,000 more kids who are special education with special needs in LCPS. But instead you decide to sweep his problems under the rug and focus on giving raises, new mascots, renaming athletic fields, and a whole lot of PowerPoints Thank you, sir. across equity. I'm the next speaker as well. Sir, only one, you can only sign up for one spot and I'm sorry. Is your is your name um, Upen? Yes. So we'll count that, and we appreciate you bringing your child. So you're saying he cannot speak for himself, so I can't speak for him on his behalf. You, sir, you're the one who said he cannot speak on his behalf. Exactly. So I spoke for his behalf till now, and I'm now speaking for myself. If I could. Sir, I can only allow one speaker one minute, so I'm sorry you'll have to. Oh, well, I just one have to minute. say then, if you, you guys don't really vote for him, you're letting him down. And a lot of other so, sir, I would like Brandon, uh, one minute. How do you even make a point in one minute? It's hard. I mean, he was he was a couple people before me, right? And so I could hear him, and they buzz you like there's a buzzer. It's a loud thing, you know. They really they want to make you know make it known that you're out. But I, look, I lived in New York for the last ten years up until six months ago, and you know it's a fast talking city. I can talk pretty quick, but trying to get your point articulate, you know, articulate your, your point in 60 seconds is hard. I even stumbled, you know, you have a mask on, mm -hmm. kids standing around, like it's not easy. And it's, we as a society need to have some compassion. And if we can't show as, as educators, and again, educators, mentors, and, you know, school boards who are supposed to be the examples of that, if we can't have compassion, then, then, then who are we? And again, I just care about the children, right? This is about, I'm, this isn't about me. This is about the children and getting them back. And you mentioned earlier, the mental health side of this is so much worse than anyone sees. Mike, I know. that was a handicapped father, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even know what he's going through. My five-year-old daughter barely wants to sit in front of a screen. Adults don't want to sit in front of screens for that long. My eight-year-old's defeated, right? They just want to make friends. 
their kids. There's valuable, you know, seniors who didn't have graduations, yeah. third graders who didn't have kickball or field day. Like there are valuable life experiences that we are missing. And, and there's just people who are not saying, here's a plan and let's execute it. And if you don't want to go, don't go. But yeah. for those who do, let them and let the teachers who want to go back, go back as well. Amen. Amen. Brandon, thank you very much. Brandon Michon uh, from Virginia, the parent that uh, stood up at his school board and uh, I think spoke for a lot of us who are parents. And I hope there are more of you uh, standing up and I hope you've inspired people to stand in their own community. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks so much. Na, 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 na.